This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Well, welcome to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam, and I'm your host. And helping take our leadership to the next level is Dr. Richard Blackaby. Great to be with you again, Sam. Always a pleasure, Richard. Thanks for having me back. Hey, it, it is my <laughs> joy to have you back. We are always thrilled. Um, so you, professionally, you are a writer and speaker. Um, that's the the bulk of, of what you do. And uh, what we thought for this podcast, uh, we may uh, be speaking to people who also uh, are speakers, who get paid to speak, uh, or people who may be writers or aspiring writers. Um, and I thought we'd just sort of uh, pick your brain a little bit about uh, some, some tips on speaking, on speaking better, on writing better, uh, some habits maybe that, that our listeners can, can take away from the extensive... Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, knowledge that you bring to the table over the years that you've been speaking and writing. Yeah. Uh, Sam, I, when I started out as a young person, I thought I would be a pastor. And so I, I knew I needed to learn how to preach and speak in public. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I worked on that craft for a number of years, but uh, then I was uh, caught off guard a bit because, um, I began to be invited to speak outside my church and to speak and, other gatherings and meetings and uh and also was invited given an opportunity to do some writing that i had never thought i would ever do and so i've been kind of swept up into that now i think i've i'm working on i think around my 40th book project writing project and uh uh speaking i think i've i saw this morning that uh in the first uh, four months or so of the year i've already spoken uh, given over a hundred talks in the first four months so um that's I, a few i, I think yeah. i'm going to work it'll work out to if i keep speaking at that pace it'll be about 250 sermons or talks uh in the year so that's about five a week uh and so <laughs> it can that's be a pretty heavy schedule I'll, yeah I'll and say. so not to say that i'm like you know by any means uh uh, the top level kind of speaker traveler, but but I I do lots of it at at least at my, the level that I'm at, and and so I, I I'm always coming across people that will come up to me and say either that they they would love to do more speaking, uh, and sometimes maybe you're you're a pastor of a church and you preach at your church, but you'd love to be able to do a revival somewhere or go speak uh, in some conferences as well. It's yeah. it's it's enjoyable sometimes getting out of the, the usual audience and being in front of a different group of people and maybe a, a, you're a pastor and you preach to your own people, but then it can be a lot of fun preaching to a gathering of other pastors or leaders of various sorts. And so, or maybe you have always wanted to write a book and you don't really know what to do about that. And so I thought I'd just give a couple of just general thoughts on that uh, in this session. And and the first one I would just say to anybody, whether you're speaking or writing, and that is um, most people I feel like have a message of some kind, uh, a message uh, related to what you've done, what you've focused on, what you've experienced, what you've learned from your own journey. Yeah. And if you stop and reflect on it, um, you, you begin to realize, uh, you know, I, I, like if you're a school teacher uh, and you've been teaching elementary school for years, you've learned a lot. You've learned what 
doesn't work, what does work. You've learned what's important. Uh, you've watched people make mistakes. You've seen how to, to grow and improve. Um, you probably know how to, you know, what things the parents can do to make successful <laughs> kids, you know? Yeah, you've, you've got lots of opinions about parenting, I'm yeah. sure. And, uh, and so the key is to say, so what is your mess? And I think it's important that your message, whether you're writing it or speaking it, is related to your experience, what you have learned personally. And anybody can go do research on things. But like I've had, I've listened to people talk about things like leadership, but I realize it's all book learning. They're not, they haven't actually led. Uh, they haven't experienced it. It's, it's very heady kind of stuff. Academic. And, yeah. And uh, I think what you want to do is you want to say, what is it that I've experienced? What is it that, that I am something of an authority on just because of my own experience? And then reflect on it and hone it, uh, fl flesh it out. Uh, you know, pull the, the most important truths that might be helpful to other people as well and say, here's, you know, here's half a dozen things that I've learned, but I think these same half a dozen things would be very helpful to anybody else who's in the same yeah. line of work. So develop your message. The second thing is, and especially, well, whether you're writing or speaking, is read your audience. Uh, yeah, you you may have a message, but you've got to craft it to your audience. Uh, not every message communicates equally to various audiences. This um, earlier this week, I was in uh, the Washington D.C. area, and within about a, well, I think it was a 24-hour period, uh, I had spoken to a group of high school students, a group of pastors, and a group of business people. And so I'm speaking in a Christian school at one point. And I'm speaking in a law firm near uh, Washington, D.C., uh, several hours later. And you think, okay, the wide range here. I've got yeah. a 10th grader asking me questions. Now I've got a, an attorney uh, talking to me and asking me questions. And I'm, when you're speaking to an audience that diverse, uh, you, you have to craft your message yeah. it, there might be some of the same truths but i was going to say you may have the same message but my guess is your delivery is going to be different yeah very uh, for yeah. those two yeah very much so um and so you have to you've got to tailor it to your audience and so a lot of times i'll switch out stories like i like i've got some marketplace meetings i do on a regular basis and some of the meetings have all men in the room and i've got one group it's all women and so I'm the only man in the room. And so I've changed some of those illustrations and I, I try to craft them uh, to a, a male audience, a female audience, and they're different. Uh, anyone yeah. who's been a public speaker knows that's not sexist to say that they, there's just a different way to approach them. Um, and so um, great speakers, uh, great writers think about their audience and even in writing, you have to say, who's going to be reading this book and how could I communicate in a way that engages them, draws them in, helps them identify with what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. A third thing, again, whether you're writing or speaking is just be all in. Uh, if you're going to, if you're going to take 30 minutes of my time behind a microphone, you better be all in yourself. I've, I've literally listened to some folks talk and I, they seem bored with themselves. <laughs> it's like, uh, you've got to be passionate. It's amazing to me. Sometimes you may not even have a really finely tuned message, but you're so passionate about what you're saying, you still 
capture my interest. I want to. Yeah. I want to know why you're so passionate about what well, you're the, talking the, about. The audience. I mean, because we've all been in an audience before, and so we know when someone's in, engaged in what they're saying versus yeah. when they're not. Yeah. And, and so, you know, like, this the week, knows. this week, I, like I said, I spoke at a high school this week, and that's probably one of my least favorite things to do. And it's not that I don't care about teenagers, it's just that I feel inadequate. I'd rather send one of my one of my kids uh, to speak to uh, teenagers than, than me. I'm just I'm getting too old for that. And it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of energy to speak at the best of times, but speaking to young people, you really have to have energy. And, well, it's been so um, long since you've been. Oh, I bear it. It's just a faint, faint me- memory the, at this the point. Monumental changes <laughs> that have taken place. I know they weren't even using clay tablets in the, in the, in the room. Yeah. And I was in a gym and they're in the bleachers and, um, and I'm looking at these young people and, they're easily distracted. They're easily bored. They're used to being entertained, and now I'm trying to talk to them about something important. And so, um, I had to I had to think through quite a bit. How do I say things in a way that captures their attention? That remind it connects with what they're going through. That they don't feel like I'm just talking down to them, or I, that I'm out of touch with their world. Or is there something I can say that they think, well, yeah, that wow, that's true, that's that's yeah. right, and you know, and I think teenagers, uh, I think, are always considered easily bored. Uh, I think throughout history, but I I think the exception is if you're talking about something that's interesting to them. Yeah, I think they can really focus in and be all there. Yeah, if what you're saying is relevant to them, and and I, that's the that's just the thing to, to you got to figure out. Yeah, and you know what. Not, uh, uh, a fourth thing, and again, whether you're a speaker or a writer, is you have to develop your storytelling. Story stories yeah. are so powerful, and with even with all the changes going on in culture, uh, a well-told story is still the universal language. And yeah. and and I've I have spoken uh, with uh, translators a number of times that, uh, and so everything had to be translated in different language as I'm I'm talking and. And still, you can tell a story, and and you watch these people just sitting on the edge of their seats, and um, and so to tell a story, uh, it, it's got to be compelling. It's got you've got to capture people's attention. There's got to be some tension there. there uh, it's great to have some surprises in yeah. a story where it doesn't turn out just like you you thought it was going in one direction and all of a sudden you're caught by surprise i i posted something today just a joke i'd seen that a guy was saying uh talking about someone he said you know his his wife stood by his side for 30 years and the other person says uh, wow that's a long time and the guy responds, "Yeah, they only had one chair." <laughs> and so it's like, and so it's like, you know, you catch them by surprise. It's not what you're expecting, yeah. right? And yeah. so people laugh, and uh, and so I think with a good story, you're uh, you you want to catch them by surprise. You you, you start leading them down a, a road where they're assuming it's going to end one way, and then all of a sudden you you catch them, and it, it it's a surprise ending. Or um, and so. Uh, I, I just find that stories connect with the heart and the mind. And so you you have to be good. And some people just say, well, I'm not a good storyteller. Well, you, you have to work at it. And yeah. you may never be great. It might not be natural for you. Learn just to not get bogged down in unnecessary details. Uh, try to capture their attention quickly. Uh, don't 
kind of ramble around like Lisa and I we always joke <laughs> with people like that where they always go no no it was the Tuesday yeah. you know it's like no no maybe it was Wednesday it's like well it really doesn't matter if it was Tuesday or Wednesday just get to the get to the yeah, story you, you gotta know? get to the meat quick. Uh, and so uh, but so and I think that's something you have to just keep working at and and I I tell lots of stories uh, I, I you know I get some great feedback on my storytelling but but still, I'll sometimes run through a story and I'll think afterward, ah, that detail I didn't need to get in. I, I went down that path, but that took an extra minute and a half that wasn't necessary. And uh, I could have, that story would have been fine without that. Or, yeah. or I should have given the kind for me sometimes what happens is I forget to tell the ending. I, I have like a cliffhanger story and I make the point I wanted to make. And then I've literally had people shout out from the audience. Well, how did, did they live? You know, did they get out of the hospital? Like you did, you never told us what happened, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. There needs to be a resolution. Yeah. There yeah, are some yeah. people in the audience that would drive them crazy. Yeah. They will come get you after the afterward. If you don't tell them a, a, a fifth thing is, uh, use humor. I, now, I know yeah. some people it's much more natural than others, uh, to be funny, but I think just about anybody, and you know, actually, some of the funniest people uh, for me are uh, the deadpan oh, it's the guys. Best. You know, it's like the where, it's, where it's like they don't even smile themselves, but they they set you up and they say something hilarious, and you almost miss it if you're not paying attention. And then yeah. you realize this guy just he just told us. And, and I found in the circles I've been in, musicians tend to be the most deadpan oh really oh yeah like they'll say they'll make these comments that are just have you in stitches and they're just completely play it straight and it's, it's, yeah, just it's the best. i love that because it's it's, yeah. it's a it's a subtle sort of uh nuanced kind of humor that if you're not paying attention you, you hear other right people over, laughing yeah. and you think wait what did i just miss there the, it, with the thing about humor is it builds bridges Mm -hmm. uh, and especially if you're speaking to a, an audience you haven't spoken to before, which I often am doing that. A lot of times I'm walking into a room and I've never met any of these people before. They don't know me. Uh, so they they hear always oh, Dr. Blackaby must be some brainiac guy with a PhD or he's a pastor. He's maybe holier than now or he's grew up in Canada. He probably can't identify with me in the South. And, and so I've got to find some kind of bridge that they realize I'm a real human being and yeah. I'm, I'm like them and I can poke fun at, at myself just like they do. And so it well, self-deprecating humor, especially I think yeah, is very good at endearing yourself to an audience. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it is. And it, it, there's just something you can kind of trust a, a person that pokes fun at themselves yeah. at they, they help you to laugh at their expense uh, it means that they don't take themselves too seriously. They, yeah. they, so they've got a PhD, but they just made themselves look silly in an opening story, and, and you realize, yeah. okay, they're, they're, they're not too big on themselves. No, and either. I really like, you know, the, I, I just think that you, you can't overstate that how impactful self-deprecating humor can be to, yeah, to, to win over an audience. Yeah, like, that's huge. And yeah, I, I think we've both seen in society, especially the last five or, or more years. There's just not enough laughter going on, right? And so, and you know this, and I, I, I hope to win you over one day. But 
I usually post a joke, um, and I might well, just it's, say, let's say it's a, a pun. A pun, yeah, yeah. yeah. It may um, not be a joke, yeah. but it's certainly a pun. You're saying my humor is a joke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, that's a real neat. <laughs> um, actually, we'll, uh, for some of you who are listening, um, I, I've got a personal Facebook page that's pretty well full right now, but I have a larger Facebook page, uh, Doctor Richard Blackaby. We can. If you're not following me on that, it, it can take as many followers as that want to follow. But I usually put a, a joke on there every day, and uh, and I, I can't tell how many people will will come up to me that follow that and tell me I started my day off today with a laugh. I you know they'll, they'll say I look your thing up every day. I sometimes I'm traveling or I just don't have anything good enough to post on there that day. But um, sometimes I don't so have anything good enough, but I post anyway. I was say, so there's <laughs> stuff that, that doesn't make the cut. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, I, but it's it, it is it, it is fine. I can't tell me people will comment and say I I need something yeah. humorous in my day. I I get to the news. I get to work. I've got lots of stress all day long, but. At least I I chuckled first thing in the morning yeah. and well, so well you know I mean like life is hard you know yeah. and for a lot of people it's really hard yeah and that you know the laughter is as cliche as it is the best medicine yeah and especially when you're coming to hear somebody speak who you don't know if if they're able to make you laugh like that is going to stick with them for a and, long time and, and we've said this before but but if you make them laugh you can probably also have them crying yeah in the same thought because you're because you're 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 connecting with their emotions and yeah. so the same emotions that cause them to laugh can have them have tears in their eyes uh within 10 minutes later and that i'm not saying that to manipulate people but to say you want to connect with people's hearts it's yeah. their if, if you connect with their hearts then they're going to be open to change if mm -hmm. you just connect with their mind it just added to the files of other information mm -hmm. they have so you've got to somehow touch their heart and then that's where the real change will take place yeah. But we can uh, take a break and then I've got a few more we can talk well, let's about. Let's do that. Hello, I'm Richard Blackaby and I'm the author of The Seasons of God. And I want to introduce you into a six week online class that Blackaby Ministries International is offering, where I'll be walking with you to understand how God has designed our life to flow through seasons. Life's not meant to be lived in a straight line, the same thing day after day. God constantly is introducing new things and changes and adjustments. He's starting certain things and he's ending other things. And it can often confuse you. This class will walk through how our life flows through seasons. And I think you'll be surprised to look back on your life and realize God has been doing amazing things ever since you were born. And he's got some wonderful things still in store for you in the days to come. Well, Richard, I uh, I love the fact that uh, you you do use humor uh, quite effectively from the stage, and <laughs> I, I do think that's one of your one of your best qualities uh, in in speaking, and uh, just how important that is uh, in communicating to an audience. But uh, in the time we have left, I know you've got some other um, thoughts on yeah. speaking, but also writing as well. Yeah, and I, again, a lot of these apply to both. Uh, one kind of connected to humor is just be authentic and. I, I, there are just some people that they just seem they they seem way too professional. It's way yeah. too stiff. It's way too perfect. Uh, it's here's just ten ways that uh, principles you can follow for a better life. And yeah. Uh, but and you you get the impression that they've 
they follow all these 10 principles and they have a great life, but, uh, you, but they never tell you about where they face planted, uh, where they messed up, uh, where they struggled. And, uh, again, I, I think along with humor, one of the most powerful things that you can do as a speaker or a writer is, is be candid about who you are and where you're at. And yeah. I've said this before, you, you don't necessarily want to share illustrations from your life where you're completely getting beat up. Uh, cause I, then I think, well, Sam, you just told me that you are constantly failing at this area yourself, but so I'm wondering why I'm well, giving yeah. 30 minutes of my time listening to a guy who isn't any better at it than I am. Uh, so I, you have to have uh, learned some things from your failures yeah. and, and have some things to offer me. Uh, but and, and there's just so many stories these days of high-profile pastors and leaders that were doing all this teaching and speaking and writing. And then you discover that they... That's not, you know, their life was far from perfect. Their marriage, their personal life, their character had yeah. huge flaws. But you never heard about those until they had a total meltdown. And you realize, okay, they kept presenting to me a, a, an image of someone who had it all together. And clearly they didn't. Mm -hmm. And so just being authentic in in your writing, uh, don't just talk down to people. Nobody wants that. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're far more inclined to listen to, to a fellow traveler who's maybe a little bit further down the road than they are and learn some things, uh, but faces all the same issues. Yeah. Um, uh, and the seventh thing is, uh, obviously just draw out biblical truths. Uh, your, your humor is, Find out sometimes, especially if you're telling maybe a funny story, stories take longer than just making bullet points. Yeah. And so, uh, there's been times where I to tell a funny story it takes time, and then you realize, okay, I've spent a lot of time making people laugh and we're having a good time. But, and I'm glad that I cheered them up for the moment, but life change is not going to come from a joke or a funny story, it's going to come from God's word. And so, I've I've got to, I've got to le have them lean up against God's truth at some point here. Yeah. Uh, and what I try to do, uh, what, what I, what I bring, what brings me a lot of joy is if I can really have mined, uh, some deep truths from God's word and then present some gold nuggets to people that perhaps they've never heard before. Yeah, and and that's why I love pre, uh, speaking to to pastors and church leaders, because they know the Bible well, and so for me to present something they maybe haven't heard before, I've got to go really deep, and and I like that challenge. And so, uh, don't just give surface stuff. Don't give Christian cliches. Uh, dig into God's Word and find some deep truths that you can also insert uh, in your presentation, whether you're writing it, or or whether you're speaking it. Uh, an eighth thing is if you're, especially this is if you're a speaker and that is, um, and, and again, you know, this is kind of a Blackaby thing, but, um, but interact, like be there for people before and after your talk. <laughs> uh, and yeah. so many speakers, and I understand a lot of why they do this, but a lot of speakers, you have no access to them. They, they don't hang around before their talk and they're whisked away as soon as their talk is over. All you ever get to see or hear is what they're doing on stage. Um, and I've just been to, in fact, on this last trip this week, 
uh, I had handlers after I spoke, they said, now, would you like me just to take you back to the green room? And, and until it's time for us to take you back to your hotel. Uh, and I said, no, I'll, I'll go on over and I'll just kind of hang out here, just talk to people. And he was like, are you sure? Uh, because most people don't do that. Most people, and they had some awesome food in the green room. So I, uh, I'm thinking I could be sitting here quietly eating this really nice spread they've got there for me and, uh, and check my emails. But I had these people that they almost can't believe it, that you're still standing around. And so they come up and start talking to you. And, uh, and so, uh, I just kind of felt like, um, that if, if God wants me to speak into the lives of some people, uh, I may say something far more impactful to them after my official talk on the platform than, you know, what I said in my official talk in my notes. And so, um, I just find too that if I, uh, and sometimes I like to even walk around among the people before the service starts or the talk starts and just listen to people and talk to them and banter with them a little bit. And oftentimes that actually makes me a better speaker when I get on the stage because I've, I've actually already feeling a bit of a rapport with some of the folks and I've kind of heard from them and I'm already warming up, uh, just to the audience I've, I've been speaking to and. I'll do that oftentimes. And then I, you know, sometimes you do that maybe with the folks sitting near the front. And then when you get up on the stage, they already feel like they know you. They're already smiling at you because you've already broken the ice with some folks even before you started. And so you got all these smiling faces there and, yeah. and otherwise a, a, a room full of strangers. Uh, and so lots of, lots of reasons to, to, uh, to interact with folks. It just means you're real. It means you're not, we, just because you're the speaker doesn't mean you're on a pedestal and you can't talk with the low, lowly people in the yeah. audience. But I think if you don't interact either before or after, that kind of is what you are. You're just on a pedestal, and that's how yeah. I think people will see you yeah. because they didn't interact with you in any other way than me in the audience, you on the stage. And so I think that, that that's key, you know. Yeah, and it just it, it just means you realize it is about the audience. I mean, it this whole talk is for them. It's not for me. Yeah. And so if if I'm there to try to bless the people I'm speaking to, well then you ought to want to try to be a blessing to them. Uh, and it's not about they're just providing you an audience so you can shine on stage. Yeah. You're there to try to help them. And so I my attitude is so I want to do everything I can to be a blessing to these folks while I'm here. Um, a ninth thing is just speak with confidence or go home. I mean, if you can't have confidence in what you're saying, why are you saying it? Uh, yeah. don't, don't be wishy-washy. Don't be Melba toast kind of, uh, tasteless sort of just mediocre. It's kind of like throwing some things out there. Uh, know your material, believe your material and speak it with confidence. And, yeah. and, um, I think sometimes we don't realize how, you know, kind of mediocre we're we're being with what we're saying. Or just sounding, you know, I think when you have to say what you believe out loud, um, I think it it reveals, you know, how much confidence you have in what you're actually saying. Yeah, and that's why sometimes I won't even talk about certain things until I feel like I've mastered it a bit. Uh, if someone asked me to speak on certain topics, I'd probably would just pass and say, I don't, I don't think I can speak on that with confidence yet. I can speak on this with confidence because I've had success here and I've had lots of experience. So stay in your lane where you can speak with confidence yeah. and maybe God will develop some other areas down the road. 
another thing is just uh, be open to following up with people. I've always felt like if if God arranged for me to speak somewhere, that there was a stewardship of that and a stewardship of those people. And it doesn't mean that you can just chat with everybody in the audience uh, by email and other other means uh, after you leave. But um, but be watching for those people that perhaps God connected you with. Um, and I've had a number of times where I, I spoke in a meeting and a pastor came up to me afterward and was really convicted about the fact God had told him to write a book. And he, but I, what I had said really reminded him and convicted him. And he asked me if I would hold him accountable. And he gave me his email address and said, would you be willing to email me in six months to ask how my book's going? So I did. I put it, I went home, put it on my calendar six months out. Here's the guy's name. Here's his email. And I sent him an email six months later. And he was quite surprised that six months after I'd been in that in the city where he lived and talked to him and never seen him, hadn't seen him since then. I uh, hadn't talked to him since then, but six months later I followed up and said, how's it going? How's the book coming along? And he said, he kind of gave me an update and said, would you mind just one more time? It's not done yet. Would you follow up six months later? I said, I will. And so I've got it on my calendar. It's coming up pretty soon. Mm. Uh, but just to say, but I, I, I feel like I'm a steward of the people that, I've crossed paths with. And I, obviously you can't do that with everybody in the room, yeah. but there's usually a few that will sort of surface that particularly were impacted by what you said or by what you wrote. When I have people that contact me, it might be from the Philippines or someplace, but their their life was deeply impacted by a book I wrote and they just want to message me. They're, they're not asking to be a, a pen pal and a friend. They just want me, want me to know and they've they, that how much it impacted them. I'll always answer them and try to just impart another blessing to them. Uh, thank yeah. them for that. I, I'm not trying to get into ongoing correspondence, but um, but but if someone took the time to re- read a book that I wrote and then find a way to let me know how much they appreciate it, then... That's worth acknowledging. That, yeah, yeah, it's worth acknowledging. The last maybe uh, two things just to say quickly, or, or three things, is just one is just trust God with your best. And sometimes you can... I, I've gone some places where it was a really uh, big gathering and you, you really worked on your talk and you presented it and you really kind of hope a lot of good stuff would come from that. And maybe you don't get invited back uh, to speak, at least not in the near future, uh, and it can be kind of disappointing. Or you speak somewhere else and they want you to come back every year. Uh, some places you speak, you never hear anything from them afterward. Other places you speak, and that generates 12 other invitations down the road. And um, you never know how that's going to work. And so all you can do is prepare to the best of your ability, deliver uh, to the best of your ability, and then leave it in God's hands. And God has a way of surprising you. Meetings that you talked, you thought didn't go all that great, and you get six other invitations out of that and that are better than the one you just did. And and other times you think you, you knocked it out of the park and just crickets afterward. Mm. Uh, and so I've just kind of learned it's audiences are fickle and hard to to figure out sometimes. Uh, but just trust that if, the, especially if you're a Christian speaker uh, or Christian writer, you've got to at some point just trust it in God's hand. Now, if you do mediocre work, then don't expect a lot of, of stuff to be generated as a result. But if you've done the best you can at that point, I mean, I look back on earlier things I've spoken and written and would love to get a, a redo on some of that. 
But at that time, it was the best I could do. And if it's the best you can do at this moment, just leave it in God's hands. Yeah. Um, and maybe just two last things just to say. One is uh, just don't give in to fear. Um, uh, there, there are times where uh, I've been invited uh, to speak at some venues that were perhaps bigger than I'd ever done before, or maybe it's kind of slightly out of my field of expertise or comfort zone. And uh, I know when I was first starting out as a speaker, uh, I just, I just felt like I, I just need to accept most of the invitations. I mean, I want to pray about them, but. Uh, but, but especially when you're starting out, you can feel over your head a lot. And so the tendency will be to say, I don't think I'm ready for that yet. I don't, I, and I, I'd be intimidated by that, or I, that would scare me to death to be in front of that many people. So I'm, or there's a lot of other pastors in the room and I don't know if I want them judging my sermon or my talk. Um, but just realize if God is going to call you to be a speaker or a writer, you're going to have to just put it out there. You're going to have to just accept, put it in God's hands and say, God, open the doors you want me to go through. And and so when an invitation comes, it might not have been what you were hoping for. It, it might be something different, but uh, some of the ways you develop as a speaker is just going, doing different kinds of talks, yeah. different kinds of audiences. And I definitely have my preferences, the ones that my sweet spot uh, talks. And like I said um, uh, earlier with you, as, uh, speaking to teenagers is, in a school gym is not my sweet spot. Yeah. Uh, but now and then I'll just do it because it kind of keeps me well, it you know, stretches stretch you, in there. It grows you, know? you. And if you're always just giving the same talk to the same people. Yeah. I, know, I like challenges. Uh, and I even this year, I've, I've, every, every new year as a speaker, you know, I, I'm speaking 200, almost 250 times a year. But uh, I'll... I'm always intrigued by an, a different audience that I've spoken to before. Mm -hmm. And I've got a couple of those this year. It's a different kind of speaking engagement, different kind of audience. And I like that because it's going to make me have to think through my material and apply it differently and uh, and perhaps find a new audience of people that will get to know me and appreciate what I have. And yeah. so uh, just don't give it, don't be afraid. Uh, don't be intimidated. If God's given you a message, uh, then just hold on to that message and not um, don't, don't turn things down because you're afraid or intimidated. And the, la the last one is just uh, make sure, if you're a speaker or a writer, make sure uh, that it's about your message and not about you. And I've seen that a lot, It's, yeah. it's especially in speaking. Uh, sometimes it's like, well, this is the American Idol uh, finalist here, we're all going to just ooh and odd ah how good they are, and it's that's not what public speaking is about. It's not about everybody wants to come and hear you speak. Uh, they all need to hear a message that gives them hope, that opens their eyes, that 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 sets them free by truth. And so, uh, let it be about your message, not about you. And so that's why. You, if you do that, you'll you you may avoid becoming a prima donna that. Uh, thinks that they're a, some kind of celebrity that just needs to be doted upon and admired from afar without um, trying to help people. But if, if it's about your message, then afterward, if people come up with questions about your message or they're wanting to know how to apply your message, well, then you're going to give them the time because you really want them to be able to take it away and apply it to their life. But if it's just about you and your delivery, then you don't want to be bothered with people afterward. It's 
because it's about your comfort and and so on. And so uh, if you, like I, I started out by saying, develop your message. And, and at the end, if it's still about the message God gave you, share that as passionately and creatively and with as much excellence as you can. And then when people are responding to that message, be willing to talk to them about it afterward and yeah. maybe even follow up with them a year later if they are emailing you and asking questions and don't resent that uh, because hopefully the message is bigger than you. Uh, mm -hmm. The message is something that may last long after your speaking and writing career doesn't. Um, and so stick with the stuff that is a word from God that's a truth that can encourage people and then your speaking and writing will always be about things that are a lot bigger than just your life and, and about what you do. Yeah. Well, thank you for taking us through this. And it's always uh, uh, just a time to learn and, uh, and to grow as leaders. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackv.org.